Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And this is Dinner Table Politics. And once again, we are actually at the dinner table. Once again. Which is exciting. You know, people don't can't see us, but when we actually do Dinner Table Politics at the, at the dinner table, I this think that's... This is such adds, a boring start. Okay, well, we're going to keep going anyway. So, well, we have to talk about something as the government continues to collapse. This is the longest shutdown ever, right? That is correct. We're making history, folks. Making history, although that didn't stop Donald Trump from inviting Clemson over to feed them fast food. And you had to even tell me who Clemson was. Yeah. That shows how... Well, they do that every year. The winners of, of various sports teams get invited to the White House. Right. So is the reason why he served them fast food because the staff has gone home and I, shut down? I really didn't know the like the reasoning behind that. I saw something and it and it was a picture of Donald Trump standing behind all this fast food, looking like smiling, you know, looking happy. And someone was like, "Okay, so then what's his next wish?" <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Now, this is a guy who eats cheeseburgers in bed, according to. Different. Oh, that's the dream. It's Just the kidding. dream. I don't eat cheese or meat, so I don't know why I said that. Well, his official White House records say he's six foot two and no, six foot three and two hundred and thirty nine pounds, which is conveniently one pound less than obesity for a BMI. But the thing uh, is, BMI is not exact. It's not exact, but in order to get to that ratio. He's gained an inch. He used to be six foot two wow. on his driver's license. Congrats. So eating cheeseburgers That's in bed. That's my New Year's resolution as well. Yeah. It's to Be- become taller. It's to become taller. Yes. If you become president of the United States, it can happen. So, yeah, this, this shutdown continues to drag on. Trump's approval rating continues to fall. Does it? It does. Rasmussen reports, which is the polling uh, service that has been most favorable to Trump, has his approval rating at 43%. That's still pretty normal for what it usually is, though, isn't it? Nah, well, I don't know. The real clear politics average, I need to pull that up, but it has Trump's approval rating in the mid to high 30s, which isn't average, which is pretty low. Although both Obama and Clinton had low approval ratings at this point in their presidency, too. So, but... That's I, crazy I, that it's still that high, though. Like, that's pretty high. That's almost half of all Americans. Yeah, I don't know what else he could do. It's, it all comes back to the whole, if I, I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and still have supporters. Well, it's interesting because... It's pretty bad right now. It, it, it's pretty bad, but I, I the thing that I keep telling people is that Trump's support is going to stay or appear solid 
right up until the moment when it snaps. It's not going to erode slowly. Everybody, Where do you get that idea from? I get it from the genius of my own political analysis. Oh, oh I see. Are I you see. impressed? Yes. Very impressed? No, I get it from the fact that the more people attack Trump, the more that galvanizes his supporters. The more people say, Trump's terrible, oh, this is the worst thing ever, his approval ratings among his base go up. And that's going to stay solid. And these guys are – this is kind of the way it happens with any kind of major collapse. I mean, you you weren't young enough to watch Baghdad Bob. Have you no, ever heard of Baghdad Bob? I have not. Baghdad Bob was Saddam Hussein's communications director. Okay. And his allied forces were – uh, routing the Iraqi army, he was issuing press statements saying, "Oh yes, uh, Saddam, we we we're, we've driven the Americans out. Oh yeah, they're it's not- all good. That's all good over all here, good. folks. Don't worry." This was pre meme land. Meme land. Well, I was gonna, I was going to say pre internet, but it wasn't pre internet. But you didn't have the kind of memes you have now. Baghdad Bob would make a really good meme. The true great communicators. The true great communicators. Memes. That's exactly right. So I see Trump's supporters as sort of variations on the Bab- Baghdad Bob theme in that they're, they're going They're Saddam Hussein supporters? Well, I'm not trying... You're try- disgusting. I'm not trying... That's not true at all. These are Americans. These are Americans, but they are more than willing to say things are great when they're not great and to say, oh, we love Donald Trump, even if they're frustrated with Donald Trump. And... I don't know. Admitting that you're... Not that they're admitting that they're wrong, but just... I don't know. Saying that's that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Saying this person that I put so much faith into that I that I lost friends with friends over that I like that I so ardently supported may not be the best. That's just a really hard thing to come out and say publicly. No, that's absolutely right. And it's it's not gonna, that everyone thinks that, but for the people that do, maybe. Well, so a lot of eyes are on Mitch McConnell right now, who's the Senate Majority Leader. Uh, the Senate. And the House and the Senate, if enough Republicans were to override any potential veto, they could reopen the government today. And Mitch McConnell has said that he's not going to bring anything to the floor of the Senate that would get a presidential veto, that would be assured a presidential veto. Wait, so the, wait, 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 wait. So let me get this straight. So if you veto something, it opens the, what? Well, constitutionally, if Congress votes by a two-thirds majority right. for anything, it's right. veto-proof. It overrides a veto. Right. And and the reason we, the government is closed is because we haven't passed a continuing continuing resolution or a budget that would fund the government. Right. And Because of the wall, mostly. That's the big argument. Yeah. Well, that's why Trump won't sign anything. And... More and more Republicans are saying we need to have some kind of temporary measure. Lindsey Graham being the most prominent one, senator from one of the Carolinas. I keep forgetting which Carolina he's from. Anyway, Lindsey Graham. One of, one of them Carolinas. One of them Carolinas. The Lindsay, Clemson's from South Carolina. Clemson's from South Carolina. I don't think he's from South Carolina. I think he's from North Carolina. Well, I'll have to look that up good. in the break. Another mystery solved by the Bennetts. That's right. Well, Lindsey Graham is one of Trump's most loyal supporters. And he was saying, okay, let's keep this going until the wall gets funded. And now he's saying, okay, now we need to have some kind of temporary reopen of the government while we negotiate on the wall. And so I think that's the first crack in the dam. 
He's from South Carolina. He's from South Carolina? Yeah. Dang it. You looked it up while I... All right. That's fine. I couldn't help myself. In the age of the internet, Lindsey Graham's from South Carolina. Really? He all is, right. according to Wikipedia. Well, that's just... Never led me wrong. Never led you wrong. But the more and more we get into this, it's interesting because there are some theories that are coming out. Uh, there was one... There's a guy who wrote for the American Thinker, which is not the most impartial source you can imagine it's got a picture of uncle sam in the position of rodan's the thinker on its front page and it's a fairly hard right website but the guy how come the right got got the rights to uncle sam that's not fair uncle sam's public domain yeah but but like you said that him being on the cover of the website means that it's like a far right no well i don't know can you imagine a left-wing website that has Uncle Sam on the cover? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he'd be smoking weed or something. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Well, uh, this is an article called Trump's Shutdown Trap by a guy named Thomas Lifson, who I've never heard of before. And the first sentence is, Has President Trump suckered Democrats and the deep state into a trap that will enable a radical downsizing of the federal bureaucracy? Wow. What a sentence. What a sentence. And the idea is, I mean, Trump keeps talking about the deep state. Are you familiar with the deep state? Um, no. Explain. <laughs> well, the idea is that the career bureaucrats that work for government. Like, oh, when, when Texas was underwater? No. I'm sorry. That, no, was, that was not the That deep. was bad. And even when it was underwater, it wasn't that deep, was it? I wasn't there. I wasn't there either. I guess I guess Lake com- Bonneville in compared Utah compared to how it usually is, it was deep. Lake Bonneville in Utah when that covered all of the Salt Lake Valley. I don't think that was That's the deep state. That was that was before dinosaurs, so Yes, it was a while Did ago. Did dinosaurs have government? I don't I'm not familiar. Tune in next week. That's right. That's, for our podcast. That that would be a great title for a podcast. I don't know if we could sustain any kind of information about it. Because I bet pterodactyls would have been like the presidents. Why? They can, they can fly. I don't know. That would have been impressive as a dinosaur. I would have been impressed by that. So if somebody could fly, would they automatically be president of the United yeah, States? Yeah, I would vote for Are you kidding me? That's a superhero. I'll, right. Absolutely, you have my vote. All right. Well, now that we've got all that out of the way, the the idea Don't hold me to that in case a Nazi comes forward one day with the power of flight. Okay. Okay, now all my bases are covered. <laughs> all right, so the deep state, the idea is that career bureaucrats, people that work in the federal bureaucracy, uh survive every election, right? So elected officials come and go, but these people are there for decades. Deep state is forever. The deep state is forever, and a number of these people are working against the Trump agenda from the inside. And Thomas Lifson makes the case, and it's actually kind of interesting, that Trump is going to use the shutdown to permanently furlough a number of these workers. I don't believe he's smart enough to do that. I don't either, which is why if it were any other president, I'd think, oh, what a great strategy. But I think this is Donald Trump, and I don't think he has any idea how the bureaucracy works. I think that's horribly cruel on part of other workers that are furloughed that probably don't have the fallback money that deep state bureaucrats have. I'm not sure deep state bureaucrats have fallback money Well, compared compared to like TSA workers, for example, I'm sure they have a, a bigger savings to draw from. Well, because I'm, I'm hearing all these stories of people like that have missed, I don't know how many paychecks, maybe just one paycheck. Right. I don't know, but it, that's horrible and that's really hard to do. And well, and, and they're suffering. They are indeed. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get back from our break. 
So when we talk about the suffering in the shutdown, who is it that's suffering? Um, innocent government workers that have nothing to do with the shutdown. Well, yes. But the ripple effect is also impacting people. Oh, this who, was a trick question? It was a trick Gosh, question. Gosh, dang it. Right. Should have seen that coming. But I think outrage over the shutdown will increase in direct proportion to how much the shutdown affects the lives of everyday Americans. That's how everything is. That's how everything Nobody is. Nobody cares about something until it affects them. That's correct. That's correct. But when we ask, well, what will it take for Trump supporters to abandon him? Well, what happens when Trump supporters go to the airport and they can't get on their flight because there aren't any TSA workers to screen them through security? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that eventually you're going to see more and more and more people becoming outraged as the shutdown begins to affect their lives directly. I, I don't think the shutdown has affected my life directly. I now. have been completely untouched by you, the effects of the shutdown. By the effects say. of the shutdown. So, you know, I, I think that the worst is yet to come in that regard. Mm. Isn't that a lovely sound? That is. Something to, something to think about. So, as the deep state suffers... A lot of people are looking for fresh new faces who can help lead us out of this nightmare. And a lot of eyes have turned to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Are you a fan of Alexandria, whatever her name is? Nice. Ocasio-Cortez. You nailed that one. Yes, I fumbled. Well, I keep thinking that her name is Ocasio-Cortez because of Rick Ocasek, who was the lead singer of The Cars. I don't think that's a widely shared phenomenon. No. I and think I, that's mostly a you problem. I think that is a me problem, and I don't think the names have a similar ethnic background in any way, shape, or form. Oh, but, glad we got that cleared up. That's good. That's good. But uh, she's been under fire from a lot of people. Some of it has been kind of nonsense. What, what, why, what, but, but first, go back to people are looking for a new fresh face. She's 29. She's not. She's gonna, a new fresh face. Yeah, but she's not going to like run for president or anything. She can't legally run for president for six more years. The Constitution says so. The Constitution and says we so. We love the Constitution. But the biggest challenge for any party out of power is having some kind of clear leadership. And people are looking for a leader in the Democratic Party. And that, I think, will become more uh, evident as soon as we have a nominee for president. But that's still a ways away. So in the meantime, people are trying to figure out who is the de facto leader of the intellectual leader of the Democratic Party, whose ideas ought we be following. And a lot of people in the Democratic Party even are saying that Alexander, AOC, as she's called, so I don't mangle her pronunciation here again. That's good, yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of leaders in the Democratic Party are bristling at AOC, who is not just attacking Republicans – but also criticizing the old guard of the Democratic Party. With I would, I would push back and say, I don't think she's attacking. People are attacking her. The people are, like, the, the whole um, dancing thing. Yeah, that Pe was so people, overblown, I, though. People, I know, but people are really just being weird towards her. That was one cranky Twitter her. user, and that, that was blown in to say that all conservatives are upset at watching AOC dance, and that's nonsense. They, Of course they weren't. Well, people are, are acting outraged when she does pretty much anything. Well, she hasn't she hasn't been in office for more than what like a, ten days. That's true. So I don't understand why she has all this pressure thrown on her to either be this rising star or to dismantle either political party. She's she's brand new. Like let's let her find her footing and do her thing. Well, okay, I, th that's fair. At the same time, 
she has said some things that are absolute nonsense. Hmm, who else does that? Well, that's the point. That's my point. Uh, or that's also the Washington Post. What, is, what point. has she said that's nonsense? Well, okay, so she. Um, for, for as a disclaimer, I do. I like her. I think she's cool. Okay. I I think it's exciting because how many how many people can name more members of the House of Representatives between, besides like Nancy Pelosi and AOC? Like that's crazy that she's already that well known. And just has was barely put in office. I think that's exciting. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why she's getting so much attention is because she is exciting people who don't generally pay attention to she politics. She goes on Instagram live and talks to people and while she's making macaroni. It's so fun. No, I, uh, one of the reasons why I think she's exciting is because she's a millennial who understands the rising generation in a way that the old guard of the Democratic Party does not. And so I think that automatically makes her a star. Yeah, you old fogies don't even know how to do Instagram Lives. We don't. I don't think we're allowed to be on Instagram Live, are we, if we're over a your, certain Yeah, age? your phone shocks you. Yeah. There's like an electric shock it, that goes out. It doesn't work. Like well, a collar for dogs that bark too much. Well, okay, so so here's what has she said that's wrong. Uh, the biggest thing, the biggest issue, she received four Pinocchios from the Washington Post, which is their worst rating. Oh no! Uh, for, that is a dumb movie. In terms of, in, I hate that movie. I hate that movie too. Does anybody like that movie? It's scary. It is scary and it's creepy, and I feel bad for these little kids that turn, turn into, into no, yeah, that's horrible. It's just not good. Anyway, so all right, so Pinocchio is down, and politics among dinosaurs. Those are the two really important topics we've covered so far. Yeah. But all right, so she tweeted last week. This is her tweet. I'm going to read it. She said, $21 trillion of Pentagon financial transactions could not be traced, documented, or explained. And that was in quotes. $21 trillion in Pentagon accounting errors. Medicare for All costs around $32 trillion. That means 66% of Medicare for All could have been funded already by the Pentagon. And that's before our premiums. Wait, 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 wait. What, where did the, where did the Pentagon money go? Well, how was it just floof into no that's not it didn't it goes poof it doesn't go floof i apologize for all our listeners no floof is better than poof because poof doesn't work well with uh, our british listeners long ago when i was a missionary in scotland and i used the word poof i got in serious trouble oh i didn't i didn't know that you didn't know that it is a derogatory slang term for homosexual well now i feel bad now i want to take back both of them no floof i think is fine what's wrong with floof well what i was going to say is did the money just disappear into thin air? No, the mom, the money was not properly accounted for, and that's it, a lot of money to not have properly accounted for. Well, though. except it's not. Isn't there someone with that job with it that is in charge of that? Yes, that feels like a big oversight. Yes, but the bigger oversight, at least as far as AOC is concerned, is that it's not one big pot of money that was just sitting there. Uh, that's more money than the entire the Pentagon has ever received in its entirety. That twenty one trillion dollar figure includes dollars both coming and going, and different ways that it's spent. One dollar could show oh, up between be a, ten to twenty times. I would be a lot times. richer if I could count the amount of money that's coming and going. Right, right. I mean, so what they're saying is I'm doing is, great in that regard. Then yeah. So so th- this is not a big pile of money that's just sitting there that's been misspent. And yet that's how AOC treated it and said, well, we could have taken that pot of money and spent it on health care and that would have been better. And it showed a fundamental ignorance of how economics work and how government works. And she was called on it. Anderson Cooper, 
told her that she had been factually incorrect and she was called on it and she the nation's she, uncle i would say is anderson cooper why is he the nation's uncle? i don't know he just has a kind of uncle-y uh presence about him what is an uncle-y presence you i can't explain it you just know it when you see it okay all right well that's very nice okay so the washington but my Post, mom's uncle not my dad's uncle what i i can't explain it that's just it's my uncle from my mom's side that doesn't make a lick of sense. I'm sorry. All right. All right. That's just fine. Okay. So uh, AOC was confronted by this, and she essentially said, look, you shouldn't be beating up on me because uh, she was morally right. Even if her facts weren't wrong, she was, quote, unquote, morally right. That's and, me and Scrabble. Well. The word doesn't exist. Morally, it does. Morally, it does. Me and any board game, really. Well, the Washington Post made the point that you made it just a second earlier, not about Scrabble. Anderson Cooper is our nation's uncle. Didn't I say knew that it. Either. Didn't Thank say that you, either. Washington Post. Washington Post said that uh, she's practically saying, "Well, maybe I was wrong, but at least my cause is just." But this is the slippery, slipperiest of slopes, the kind of attitude you can use to justify pretty much anything to yourself, and it also just so happens to be the underlying ethos of the entire Trump presidency. Okay, I feel like that was a little bit of a stretch. Well, we'll talk about that when we get back from our break. So you think comparing AOC to Donald Trump in this regard is a bit of a stretch? I think that's dumb. Why? Because they're so they're such different people. Just because they're both polar figures doesn't mean that they're thinking is the same no it's not saying their thinking is the same they clearly don't agree on anything with regard to their ideology but in terms of their methods their willingness to just say things that aren't true i think give aoc some chance to prove herself just because she's tweeted a few things doesn't mean that she's willing to say anything i I don't know well it's just silly to judge her this early on into her term well, okay. I mean, that's fine. And of course, Donald. Everything Donald Trump does has a far greater impact because he's president he's of the United States. He's also said some way worse stuff. He has some way worse lies. But where I think that there is a similarity is that rather than just say, "Oops, I made a big mistake and I should uh, back down," I really was hoping you were going to say, "Oops, I did it again." Oh gosh, why would I say that? Just to be Britney Spears? Yeah. All right, Britney Spears is before your time. I love she? Britney Spears. Okay, okay, oops, I did it again. Rather than say, oops, I did it again. They I played with your heart. <laughs> Rather than sing a Subscribe Britney... Subscribe for more Britney Spears humor. Oh, gosh. Rather than, uh, than take ownership of the mistake, they double down on it. Rather than just say, yeah, I made a really big mistake here, she essentially said, you shouldn't be beating up on me because morally my cause is just. I don't know, it goes back to that thing we were saying at the beginning, it's really hard to say oh i was wrong it is it's it is people just forget so well and i don't think aoc is coming out i I think trump makes things up off the top of his head doesn't care if they're true or false and then defends them up until the point where he doesn't and yeah you know and i think aoc absolutely believes everything that she says she's also but she's she's wrong she's a well-educated person though i think she is like is very fresh i think she needs some time to well, I don't know. I, I'd like to give her a chance. Well, just recently there was a very interesting exchange between AOC and Scott Walker, who's the governor of Wisconsin. And I think AOC came out ahead on this one. So she has advocated... Did they fight? 
Yes, there was a, a fisticuffs match between the governor That's of Wisconsin awesome. and a congressman from that. New York. No, there was not. But That's what they're going to have to start doing if this shutdown goes on long enough. Uh, you Fight know, club for money. Don't give anybody any ideas. Please, someone take that idea. Please. Okay. Government Fight Club. Government Fight Club. The first rule of Government Fight Club is? Podcast about it. Oh, oh no. Don't podcast about it. Dang it. Dang it. You have violated the first uh. rule of Government Fight Club. So, uh, Scott Walker tweeted about her uh, AOC's proposal that we return to a 70% uh, marginal tax rate for higher taxpayers. Okay. And his tweet has gotten beaten up. It got ratioed. Are you familiar with being ratioed? I'm familiar. It's when you have way more responses than likes. That's correct. He has way more responses than Because there's no way to really dislike things on Twitter. So by responding to something, you right. create a ratio, and it shows that your tweet was wildly panned. Well, on January 15th at 8.39 a.m., Scott Walker tweeted, Explaining tax rates before Reagan to fifth graders. Imagine if you did chores for your grandma and she gave you $10. When you got home, your parents took $7 from you. The student said, That's not fair. Even fifth graders get it. And so that was an indictment of her proposal for a 70% tax rate. And a really bad sequel to the show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? That's, that's correct, because that's not how marginal tax rates work. And here's, here's AOC's response, which is right on the money. She says, explaining marginal taxes to a far-right former governor. Oh, he's the former governor. Sorry, he isn't the governor anymore. He ran for president and got trounced early on in the primaries. Imagine if you did chores for Abuela and she gave you $10. When you got home, you got to keep it because it's only $10. Then we tax the billionaire in town because he's making tons of money underpaying the townspeople. A marginal tax rate only applies to income above a certain level. Yeah. Right? Even fifth graders get that. Even fifth graders would get that. So if you make only $10, you're not going to be subject. uh, Over... I don't. Somewhere around half of the people in the United States don't pay any income taxes at all because they don't earn enough money to trigger the marginal rate. You're looking at one of them. You're looking. Well, yeah. I, Me. You, you, you don't pay, pay any income taxes. Uh, no. All right. Well, that's nice. That's nice. I, well, maybe I do. It, well, it's taken out, but then I can get I can get like a refund later if I file my taxes. Right. Right. Well, you still pay payroll taxes and a number of other things. Yeah. But uh, income tax rates, a marginal income tax rate of 70% would only apply to people, uh, the, the way AOC has framed it, she said um, people making over $10 million. And, but the problem with that, so she's not doing the same kind of thing she did with the Pentagon there, but the thing that people don't understand about high marginal tax rates is that people don't pay them. Rather than hit that rate... They structure their wealth in a way that they won't trigger the rate. They keep it locked up but that's, in securities. That's illegal. No, it's entirely legal. It's entirely legal. Oh. That just reminded me the situation, Mike, the situation, Sorrentino. Are you familiar with his not. work? I am not. Oh, he was on Jersey Shore, and oh. he just entered jail today for tax evasion for eight months. Well, okay. So, sorry, you should have paid your taxes situation. Right. He called himself that because he had abs. And whenever he would go into the club, he'd be like, it's a situation, and then lift up his shirt, point to his abs. Oh, okay. Great show. Great Man. show. Very I important. I miss that show. I'm really glad that we've, uh, we've covered that. But tax evasion is illegal, yes. Tax avoidance is entirely legal. 
For instance, are you evading taxes by not smoking cigarettes? Cigarettes Mm. are heavily taxed, both on a state and a federal level. And if you avoid cigarettes, you are avoiding paying taxes. Is that tax evasion? That's not the same. That's not... It's not, yes, it no, is. No, it's not avoidance. That's oh, sure it is. Okay, so so people that are millionaires that don't, sm- sm- you're saying that people can avoid taxes by not buying cigarettes. That doesn't make any sense. No, it makes well, they can avoid those taxes by not buying cigarettes. They can avoid triggering a taxable event. So if I own stock, if I'm Jeff Bezos and I own 140 billion dollars of Amazon nope, he's stock, he's gonna he's gonna lose half of it. Did you hear gonna, that? Yes, he's gonna have the most Who expensive. Who run the divorce. world, girls, girls? Oh, very nice. Shout out Mackenzie Bezos, richest woman in the world. After this, that's right. Well, she you got the bag, sis. We're all in awe of you. <laughs> okay, so Jeff Bezos for his divorce, um, if he sells his Amazon stock, he has to pay taxes on that money. But if he doesn't sell his Amazon stock, he doesn't have to pay anything. He just holds on to the stock. The stock does, is not taxable until it is sold, right? So is he guilty of tax evasion if he chooses not to sell his stock? Uh, no. No. That's tax avoidance, which is entirely legal. But he's still paying a ton of taxes on other stuff, though. No, sure, of that's course not, it's not saying like oh, it, they can get out of paying all their taxes. Not it's, all their taxes. They're but still they, going to be paying a lot of money. Well, so if I sell an asset, I am not subject to regular income tax rates. I'm subject to capital gains tax rates. Capital gains Is tax... Is that in Monopoly? In Monopoly? Yeah. No. There's no taxation in Monopoly other than... than you know, getting the chance or community card. Okay, never mind. No, a capital gain, capital gains tax. It used to be that capital gains was taxed as ordinary income, and and uh, so what that meant was that people just weren't selling their stocks. And every time they cut the capital gains rate, people sell their assets in a way that boosts the amount of money that's going to the federal treasury. Oh my gosh, this is a lot. This is a lot. This is I need to I need to Well, the point being that, I am not an economics major for a reason. Well, well, and this is the thing that's very frustrating to me is that yeah, economics becomes very difficult for a lot of people to understand. But when you say, "Okay, well, I'm just going to raise tax rates and that's going to get us more money for the government," is just as stupid as saying, "Okay, I'm McDonald's and I'm going to charge $100 for every hamburger." And that way, we're going to, you know, t- increase our revenue by ten times. What happens if McDonald's charges a hundred dollars for every hamburger? We start going to Wendy's. You start going to or Wendy's. Or heaven forbid, Arby's. Or heaven <laughs> forbid, Arby's. No Burger King before Arby's. Okay, this is good. That's, oh man. But that's exactly I, right. I hope that never happens. The point. The point is. Uh, the people do not understand that taxation, the goal of taxation needs to be generating revenue for the government to function. And very often we forget that and we start to think of taxation as, okay, there's... Here's what we got to do. The government has to marry Jeff Bezos, don't get a prenup, and then divorce him. Oh, that's that's good advice. We are way long on this segment, so we're going to come back for our final thoughts right after the break. So we've only got a couple of minutes left. How can we sum up all of the wisdom that we've learned here today? 
We learned about dinosaur politics. Dinosaurs. About Uncle Uncle Anderson Cooper, that he's America's uncle, but only on his mother's side. Only, uh, he's Do you all know who his our... mother is, by the way? His mother's Gloria Vanderbilt. Oh, wow. Yeah, very famous fashion. American royalty. Yeah. So I really like Anderson Cooper. All right, but um, what else have we learned? Um, money makes no sense ever. Money makes no sense, and that Donald Trump is the one person who doesn't understand it more than everybody else. Does I that think that's it? how you could sum up all of our episodes. What? The Donald, the, Donald Trump does not understand. We're all beating up on Donald Trump. Sorry. Well, you know. And he's a, it's, it's kind of easy to beat him up right now because our government's shut down, so... You can't, you can't really praise him for much right now. That is correct. Unfortunately, that is. I would correct. love to be able to, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg has missed oral arguments twice in a row now. Oh no, no, she can't die. That's uh, like the final nail in our coffin. Well, we shall see. I I tend to still, even after all of this, end up being an optimist because Why I don't. We it just we could just out. no. Here's what we could do. We could just weekend at Bernie's. Her. Someone just go bring her body to all of the Supreme Court. Weekend at Ruthie's? Weekend at Ruthie's, the sequel. Oh, my goodness. Well, we wish RBG a speedy recovery. President Trump has even wished RBG a speedy recovery. Good for him. Good for him. That's nice of him to say. So if you are listening to this on the radio, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast at iTunes or at the KSL Podcast Center. Uh, who was it that heard us on the radio and was surprised that we were on the radio just recently? And anyone ever? Anyone ever? No, somebody just said, hey, I heard you on the radio yesterday. Oh, Stephen. Stephen did, yeah. But then he's actually podcasted here with us. Yes, he's a local celebrity. But he is not here with us right now. This is Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And we will see you next week on Dinner Table Politics. Goodbye.